right everybody welcome back it's another day and i'm excited to share and as you know i'm here to share the things that stuck with me this week and i'm sharing some unique stuff and i'm trying some new things just to see how i like it so i have committed to not writing down my notes quite as much as i normally do um because i noticed that i wasn't really giving you all of the things that i wanted to give you so um this week i have done it straight from the word as if i was going through my true warning devotion and i'm excited about what we're going to read today today we're reading second corinthians chapter one verse three and we're going to kind of dig deeper into that and i'm excited to share with you so i hope something sticks with you today and without further ado here we go all right and welcome back so today i already told you we're reading from second corinthians chapter one verses verse three but we're actually going to as you know we're going to read the entire context we may not get the whole chapter because it is a little bit longer than the chapter we read yesterday but we are going to look at some of the commentary that's in my amazing bible i can't even legitimately tell you where it's from because um it's kind of broken down and tired but it's still one of the best bibles i've ever had it is the new living translation but it has multiple commentaries in the footnotes so it's a very big bible but it's a an amazing bible and if i can figure out where it's from i will leave that in the description of this podcast we're going to start with the verse and we're going to go from there so it says all praise to god the father our lord jesus christ god is our merciful father and the source of all comfort so i i I talk about this a lot, but I say God is the father. He's the God of absolutes. Like there's no exceptions in this situation. So he's the God of it's, it is all or nothing. So he is our mercy of merciful father and the source of all comfort. So every comfort that we receive, no matter where the comfort technically comes from, comfort, true comfort, not what we fake to be our comfort comfort comes from god so when i said not fake comfort a lot of times we will run to an alternative source to get a an off brand a fake a generic a not the real thing but trying to be what it is a substitute comfort from other people we'll try to go to our friends to get a substitute comfort but what it really is is an emotional pacifier you know we're really getting this momentary satisfaction that can't truly comfort us because comfort is something that we can rest in and you really can't rest in the thoughts and feelings of your friends you you can't rest in that because eventually they will dissipate but the promises of god are yes and amen they never go away they're always sustaining us so the comfort of god every piece of comfort that we truly receive has to come from the father because it is the only thing that never ends um as you know, I always go through and I kind of read around the text. So we're going to read around the text and we are going to take some time to kind of look at it. So it says, this is, this letter is from Paul chosen by the will of God. And this is the first verse 
to be an apostle of Christ Jesus from our brother Timothy. I am writing to God's church in Corinth and to all of his holy people throughout Greece. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. So you know me, I'm going to jump right into like the commentary. And it says letters in the first century usually began by mentioning the writer's name, who wrote it. So you know, you needed that introduction. I want to know where this came from because that sets a precedent. When I teach my students in school, I always say, well, what's the author's credibility? Well, we already know Paul has a unique credibility. He is truly known as someone who suffered for Christ. So we already know anything that he writes is going to come from a place of someone who suffered for Christ. So Paul turns the usual colorless greetings that the Greek would do into a rich salutation by praying God's grace. So it seems like they're the kind of people that are like, hello, sister. How are you doing, sister? I'm so excited to see, you know, you have those people who just have to have that fake greeting. He's kind of like, okay, y'all fake greet. I'm about to real greet. I'm about to greet you with the grace of God, something that you can carry, something that you can have and that you can actually take with you. So He's one of those people who will take religious situations and apply the spirit and the Holy Spirit to it so that they can be delivered from that religious nature that that I have to do it this way, that tradition. So he's he's already breaking the chains of tradition in the first few sentences. Um, So then he goes on and he highlights his calling as an apostle, his status as God's appointed agent for establishing the church. So he's like, hey, just in case you didn't know, let me tell you what I do, friends. But chapter one, verse three through 11, he is talking about being thankful. He's talking about in spite of the troubles that he's gone through, in spite of the weight that's upon him, There's a comfort from God. There's a peace from God. He's been rescued from death. It says um, in verse four, it says he comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. Well, Paul is being the example of this because what he's doing is he's saying God comforts all people. He comforted me. So I know he can comfort you. And a lot of us are just like, man, God is so great. He comforts us, but he doesn't comfort us just because we we need comforting. He comforts us as a role model to show us how to comfort others, to show us how to share the love and the grace that he's giving you to other people so that they can find comfort in him too. They will never find comfort in him if they don't see examples of it because they don't know what comfort looks like. Think of it. As someone who's dealt with a difficult situation on their life, they've always been in a place where they're unstable. They've always lived home to home. They've never really had a stable place. When they even experience comfort, they can't trust it because they've always been in this place of survival. They've always been in this place where I'm not sure. So when they do get the comfort, they're more concerned with how long is this going to last? Is this true? What do you want from me? So until they see someone who can provide comfort without wanting anything back, who can show what the father's love looks like without wanting anything back, they're not going to be able to truly accept the comfort that God has for them. It also says, so if we look at verse five, it says, 
For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. So the more we go through, the more difficult challenges we have, the more he showers us with his comfort. The problem is we don't want to get under the stream. A lot of times we get really comfort and comfortable in our struggle. We realize, OK, well, this is just our life. That's how we're going to live it. But we don't have to be comfortable in that struggle. We can be completely content and comforted in the promises of God. But that requires us to trust and not always walk in what we know. Because if we walk in what we know, all we know sometimes is suffering. But the reality is we don't have to know suffering as our only option. That's not our only option. It's important, but it's not what we have to dwell in. We can be in suffering and dwell in his peace. We can have suffering all around us, but still be in his peace and comfort. So verse six says, even when we are weighed down by troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. So even the things we go through is really just an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to comfort us. So rather than looking at our struggles as, oh, this is just what folk go through, look at it as, ooh, what is God trying to show me that I need from him and not other people? Why is Why am I going through this situation? He's allowing this for a purpose. What is he trying to teach me in this situation? And sometimes he's just trying to teach us that if you will look to me rather than looking to people, I will give you everything you want. I've already told you you're pretty. I've already told you you're beautiful. I've already told you you're great. So you don't need to hear those words from other people because it's already written in my word and it's never going anywhere. So then it says, for when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. To endure means to experience and go through it to the end. A lot of times we don't want to experience and go through the things to the end because we already know it may not turn out the way we want it to turn out. It may not happen the way we want it to happen. So when we go through these things, we're just like, oh, God, just just re- release me from this. Oh, God, I don't feel like dealing with this. God, I don't want to want to walk and wake up every day knowing that this is the situation that I'm currently in. But he wants us to endure to go through it, to make it to the other side. And we have to do it patiently because it's not going to come in our time. Our time is not our time. God's timing is different than ours. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. Hmm. Imagine being speaking to someone who's a Christian and they just started out on their journey and they're just like, I'm going through every time I turn around. Like, I don't know about this God, you know, but it's just too much. Well, Paul's giving them the answer. I know you suffering, sis. I know. But just like I've been through the fire, I've been through the struggle. Guess what? If he comforted me, he's going to comfort you. 
If you will just sit here in this with me, if you will understand that we're all going to go through this, if you will become a part of this community where we can suffer together, where we can carry each other's burdens, the one thing the enemy wants us to do is isolate ourselves from the people around us. And the more we isolate, the more we get in a position where we don't have a community to share in those burdens, to share in those sufferings, we think we're alone. We think God has forgotten about us. And the moment we think we're alone, and we're forgotten, we have given over our hope to the enemy. So he's saying, come suffer with us. Don't suffer alone. Know that you're suffering as a part of a family. Know that you're suffering as part of a community because when you do that, you still have resources. You can still find joy in the fact that God put you in a position where you are not alone. So I'm going to stop right there. Because y'all know I will get all kinds of happy and get way past my time that I'm already past. But I definitely am realizing that there are things that I'm going through even right now that I'm just like, God, I'm struggling. I got so many negative thoughts in my mind. I got so many negative situations going on. But the truth of the matter is. I'm suffering for a purpose. I'm dealing with this situation for a purpose. I'm going through this mess for a purpose. And my purpose of going through this is not just for me. I'm going through this for somebody else. You're going through this for the person next door to you. You're going through this because... God needs to comfort you. And as soon as you start accepting your comfort, God's going to place somebody in your path. God's going to place a person in and around you in your circle who's going to go through something similar. And you're like, man, girl, I just went through that last month, but I made it through. So your make it through is so important to other people. It, it determines whether or not they can endure because they need an example of what enduring looks like. So I charge you today to be an example of enduring, of finding joy and hope and peace and grace in your situation today. So God, I thank you for being our comforter. I thank you for being our, our amazing God. You know, you are so holy and mighty and strong and you are the God who gives us that grace and that peace, God. So today, God, we just ask that you be a comfort to your people. I ask that you be a comfort in their homes, God, that you be a comfort in their jobs, God, that you give them comfort in every areas of their life. Help them to see you in their suffering. Help them to see you in their hope and their joy. God, we just thank you for showering us with your grace, showering us with your comfort, because we know that in this situation, we are warmed by your love, that we are held by your arms, that we are comforted by your strength and your promises that are written in the word, God. So God, today we thank you for those promises. We thank you for the word of God, and we thank you for increasing our desire to go dig into the word for even just a few minutes so that we can have the promises of you resonating on our hearts as we go throughout our day, God. God, I bless you, and I thank Thank you for what you're doing in this season. And it's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.